your host, Susan Seville. Welcome to another episode of Bank Statements, part of the Federal Home Loan Bank of Topeka podcast series. In today's episode, we are talking with Dale Scheller from the Baker Group. Baker is headquartered in Oklahoma City, and Dale is a senior vice president in the Financial Strategies Group. He is also one of our featured speakers at our upcoming regional meetings. Thanks for joining us today, Dale. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. We wanted to give our listeners a little preview of what they'll be seeing at our regional meetings. So could you maybe give us a, your view of what's happening with financial institution balance sheets and deposit rates? Absolutely. So as of right now, we're just a few days away from getting all of the call report data in for the second quarter. So we're anxiously awaiting that. We like to pull that in every quarter, dissect it, analyze it, make some trends and graphs and make some observations based on that data. So we're not quite to that point yet. So unfortunately, the best data that we've seen lately is, of course, almost now four months old. But you know, anecdotally, I'm talking to clients, just like you're talking to members week in, week out. And I, th- I still think that the average community bank out there is probably sitting on more cash than they still want. Now, again, that's the average bank, right? We're talking four, 4,000, maybe 4,500 institutions when you're looking at maybe the less than $10 billion asset size threshold. But I do expect from Q1 to Q2 that the cash balances are going to start falling because we, we've seen that trend for a couple quarters prior to Q1. So cash is leaving the balance sheet. It's getting either deployed into the loan portfolio or it's getting deployed into the bond portfolio. Um, but we are we are hearing anecdotally, again, some are out of cash and some are coming to you guys, to the home loan bank to, to, to borrow some money. So we are seeing a little bit of that, but, you know, kind of going through the balance sheet a little bit, sort of sector by sector loan demand, it has come back for some, but probably not to the extent that most want, right? Everybody wants to see their loan to deposit ratios, get back to where they were pre pandemic. And they were just hit so hard with the, the trillions of dollars of stimulus that hit the industry, uh, of course, through deposits, ballooning balance sheets, ballooning cash positions, and of course, making those loan to deposit ratios go down roughly 15%. But we are seeing little bits of of loan demand come back into the system. But by and large, it's just competitive out there. Uh, We were talking earlier, and it's it's scratching and clawing really for every quality loan on the books. And from from a yield standpoint, it's it's starting to eat a little bit into the anticipated loan yields. You've got the Fed up multiple times with interest rates, but most banks aren't able to capture all those moves with the Fed because of the competition, right? They're having to either price loans or price loans lower, squeeze margins, or a combination of the two. Um, and then, you know, kind of moving across the balance sheet to the liability side, cost of funds as of the first quarter was, was at a record low uh, in the community banking space. Q2, it's either probably going to level off right about where it was in Q1 or maybe tick up a few basis points is, is my best guess with the Fed moves, with a, with a little bit of pressure on deposits. But for the most part, most community banks have either not raised their non-maturity deposit rates at all or at best, maybe five or 10 basis points. That's what we're hearing anecdotally. We'll see here in a few weeks when the data comes out, if that, if my guess kind of supports that. On the CD side, the time deposit side, you're hearing 
a few stories here and there of some institutions running some CD specials, probably more so on the credit union side where the big bank, whether it's an ally financial or Goldman Sachs, something like that, they're a little bit more aggressive on their pricing of deposits, especially those online only banks. But most institutions aren't going Going back into that CD special is as much as they did, say, in 2017 or 2018, when when the industry was different, liquidity was much more tight. There was a lot more loan demand. Loan to deposit ratios were higher. Paying up for those dollars made more sense from a spread management perspective. But today, a lot of institutions with the general lack of loan demand are going, why would I run a CD special at this point in time? And then a lot of them, unfortunately, are probably a little haunted by what happened to some of their CD specials back in 2017, 2018, where they'd run a special and they'd maybe only get 40, 50% new money. And the actual marginal cost of those dollars was significantly higher than that stated rate of coupon. So I know a lot of a lot of clients that we're talking to, they're more willing to call you guys and pay maybe take down some advances to really um, fight that marginal cost of funds. Yeah, we are really um, hearing from a lot of members that haven't borrowed in quite a while, you know, due to all the liquidity that was on their balance sheets. And and many of them are tapping into their line of credit with us, given that, you know, their uh, securities portfolio isn't a great source of liquidity right now. Sure. And we're also hearing some interest in, in locking in some long-term stuff to hedge some of the things that they have, have put on their balance sheets over the last couple of years. We also have a new SOFR indexed advance that that has a prepayment option on it um, that the member can pick how often they want that option to come up. Uh, that's really, really nicely priced. We're hearing a lot of interest in that. And that will match things nicely on some assets they have on their balance sheet and and give them an option to get out of it if if and when rates come back down. And so, you know, but but back to marginal cost of funds. That's a topic we're hearing across the membership. We know that that's very important today and it'll be very important in the coming months as the Fed probably continues to do this, what we think they're going to do. Absolutely. You know, advances are a good, good way to control that marginal cost, as you mentioned, help control the marginal cost. And we have a tool, um, an analysis that, that is called the marginal cost funds analysis. And, you know, it's been used real successfully in in past interest rate cycles with members. And and we think it will it will be a good thing for them now and in the upcoming months. And so um, if members are interested in seeing that tool, we would be happy to to get just a little information from them and produce the analysis and come out and and meet with them about that if they'd like us to meet with their uh, they're Alco, happy to do that, however they want to do it. So if, if any of our listeners are interested in that, just uh, just contact your regional account manager and they'll be happy to to help you get that analysis and, and talk through it with you. You mentioned a little about um, how much you're seeing financial institutions move rates. Can you talk maybe just a little bit sure. more about deposit betas and, yeah. and what you see going on with that? Oh, absolutely. So as far as actual deposit betas, it's pretty close to zero. Definitely single digit, right? We've we've gotten multiple moves from the Fed, as you mentioned. We're likely to get another 75 basis points from the Fed this week. And so 
most clients that we've talked to, if they've moved rates, they're maybe up five to 10 basis points on the non-maturity side with plenty of them that haven't moved rates at all. So I'm not going to walk through the math on how a deposit beta works, but that bodes for a very low deposit beta, an actual deposit beta, right? And so now kind of switching gears a little bit. So we run interest rate risk modeling for six to 700 banks across the country on a quarterly basis. So deposit betas, assumptions that go into interest rate risk models, very near and dear to our heart. And our average client is a lot more conservative with, with what they actually put into their models from a deposit beta standpoint. They're probably anywhere, depending on the account type, 20, 25, maybe even upwards of a 35% beta is what they're actually modeling within their interest rate risk model. Now, again, they could probably support a 5 or 10% beta based on historical data, what they've actually done or not really done from a deposit raising standpoint, um, but they want to be conservative. And, you know, the regulators are going to come in and they're going to look at all the documentation and support for those assumptions. And we always kind of recommend when all else fails, it's good to be conservative when it comes to modeling assumptions. So kind of gave you two answers there. I think actual deposit betas are at or near zero so far for this cycle. Uh, they may kip, kick up a little bit later this fall, but and as far as what our clients are still modeling within their, their interest rate risk models, they're still kind of sticking to maybe that 20 to 35% beta, again, on average, and it's going to be dependent upon the, the deposit product type. Yeah, that, that's pretty similar to what we're seeing as well, or what we're hearing from our members as we go out and, and call on them and have conversations with them. They're they're keeping those deposit betas pretty low. I think they're being successful. They're not, you know, they're not seeing a large, large runoff on on deposits with that. So right. So right. No, we haven't, no haven't seen much there and, and all the liquidity and, and the pretty tepid loan demand, you know, there's just not a whole lot of reason to pay up for those funds. Yeah. yeah and the loan environment, as you said, is just so competitive right now because mm -hmm. there's just not a lot of, of deals to be had. So sure. yeah, given all that, can you maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, what kind of strategies uh, mm -hmm. members can expect to hear? At our region. Yeah, no, great question. So just, just give a little preview. So, you know, we do investment strategies as well as run interest rate risk modeling. We, we, we kind of come from a total balance sheet approach, meaning we can't give you a good investment recommendation without understanding what's going on with your loan portfolio and the loan demand and, and your liabilities. You know, what are you doing with FHOB advances? What are you doing with deposit costs? What, what's happening with, with your non-maturity deposits? Are they stable? Are they not stable? But just some general high-level recommendations. Again, recommendations are going to be very institution-specific and unique based on the balance sheet. But high-level, it's really about staying fully deployed. A lot of banks are still sitting on more cash than they historically have or really want to. And every day, every week, every month, every quarter that goes by that you're you know, maybe earning 100 or 150, 200 basis points less um, on your on a decent percentage of your assets for, you know, from cash versus being deployed in a bond or a loan, that's an opportunity cost. And that opportunity cost uh, gets greater with, with every passing day. So I guess mm -hmm. one general recommendation is stay deployed. Um, a, a lot, a lot of you, you're staring at unrealized losses within the bond portfolio. Uh, nobody likes them. Board members don't like them, but it's give and take. 
Anytime your portfolio is at an unrealized loss, we're now able to buy back securities at higher yields than we've seen in a decade, give or take. Um, and so you can't be frozen up with balance sheet decisions just because you're the bonds you bought over the last two years at unrealized losses. That's not going to help your margin. That's not going to help your overall performance. So that's another recommendation is kind of don't let perfect be the enemy of good when it comes to deploying your excess cash liquidity into the balance sheet. Um, but really, I, I think other things, just make sure you're building stable, predictable cash flow. Uh, that's been a big part of our overall strategy, high-level strategy for years. Uh, we don't want to make a wholesale bet on whether rates are going up or rates are going down or rates are staying the same. Uh, the, you know, Time always tells us that nobody's great at predicting where the economy is heading or where, where rates are going. Now, having said that, we want to have a fundamental idea of where we are in the interest rate cycle. We don't want to completely put our blinders on and not understand what the Fed outlook is, or are we late? Are we late stages of, of the economy? Because a lot of banks today, I think probably the last thing I'll, I'll wrap up with here is a lot of banks today are asset sensitive. They do better if rates rise. Now that's predicated upon strong loan demand and 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 spreads on on loans increasing with fed rates and market rates so there there are some assumptions that go in there but average clients going to do better if rates rise but now what we're seeing is kind of on the flip side what if rates pull back what if rates fall how yeah. does your balance sheet perform and so we can't just get complacent with looking at our interest rate risk model and going well we do better if rates rise you know, let's on to the next topic, because a lot of banks are not as well positioned for a decline in interest rates. And if the market spooked us at all, you know, we've seen the 10 year go from roughly 350 about six weeks ago to today, we're sitting at about a 278. So we're down 70, 75 basis points in six weeks. That's a pretty big downward movement. Again, we could bounce back up. We could stay sideways. We could go down more. I don't know, but we can't just take our eye off of the potential for falling rates within the short term is, is my best advice. So, Yeah, I appreciate uh, that little preview of, yeah, of, of what you'll be talking about at our regional meetings. I think it'll be a great discussion. I think members will get a lot out of that. And uh if they're golfers, they get to play some golf in the afternoon. So it. it's, it's a pretty good deal. That's it's a win-win deal. So, well, you can see Dale or one of his colleagues at our regional meetings, and you can go to www.fhlbtopeka.com slash RM to save your seat at the meeting and register. Thanks again, Dale, for joining us today. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bank Statement, the podcast is brought to you by the Federal Home Loan Bank of Topeka and our members, the community financial institutions in Colorado, Kansas, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. To learn more about our cooperative and get the most out of your membership, reach out to your regional account manager or our friendly lending staff at 800-809-2733.